2: All right, Tom.
0: How are you? Hey, lucky day, Mr. Tom. Ciao, Tom. How are you today? That's a the <laughs> question. <laughs> Hi, this is actor comedian Jonah Podi, and you're listening to the Tom Snyder, uh, Tom Smothers. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry. What's his name? Oh, Sumner. The Tom Sumner program.
2: Good morning, Tom. How you doing?
3: Hey, at least I got the Tom part right.
0: Stay tuned, cause it's on now. The Tom Sumner program. Hi, this is Gretchen Whitmer, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. It's time now for Armchair Politics. Join host Tom Sumner for this weekly reality check on current events in local, state, and national politics, and the real issues that really matter. You, too, can be part of Armchair Politics. Find us on Facebook. We let the dogs off their leash. Stay tuned, cause it's on now.
3: a test the day of the debate? Uh, uh, Possibly I did. Possibly I didn't. If they vote out before the election, you are open to expanding the court? I'm open to considering what happens from that point on. Don't voters have a right to know where you stand? They do have a right to know where I stand, and I'll have a right to know where I stand before they vote. So you'll come out with a clear position before Election Day? Yes, depending on how they handle this.
0: We were expected to lose. If you look at the original charts from original
3: doctors who are respected by everybody... Two million two hundred thousand. That 2 people. million figure, though, is if you we literally you did nothing. People. We should be thinking about making it mask. How could you enforce that? Well, you couldn't. But you can say, you can go to every governor and get them all in a room, all 50 of them as president, and say, ask people to wear the mask. QAnon. It is this theory that a, uh, Democrats are a satanic pedophile ring and that you are the savior. Disavow QAnon yeah. in its entirety. I know nothing about QAnon. I just told you.
0: I know you. very little. You told me, but what you tell me doesn't necessarily make it fact. So are
3: you for it or against it? You say you're not for it, but in your website it says you call it a crucial framework. The Green my, Deal. My, my deal is a crucial framework, but not the new Green Deal. The new Green Deal calls for elimination of all all non-renewable energy by 2030 you can't get there you're going to need to be able to transition george we are working very hard on the DACA program under your administration no new applicants are allowed and in fact the DACA recipients now have to renew every year as yeah. opposed to every two years so in fact the DACA program has been well, curtailed by your administration. Well, what happened
0: is because of the pandemic, much changed on the immigration front.
3: Who do you owe four hundred twenty-one million dollars? Okay, first
0: of to? all, let me what they did is illegal. I'm saying is that it's a tiny percentage of my net worth. That's sounds And like, you'll yes. see that
4: soon. Do you hear what you needed to hear? Uh, I think so. Okay. Well, there's a lot
3: more. If you want to, if you're going to hang around afterwards, I'll tell you more. Okay. Let's get it. No, but I really mean it.
5: Hey, good morning, everybody. Welcome to this week's edition of Armchair Politics, our weekly roundtable on the Tom Sumner program. Joining me for today's edition (coughs) of Armchair Politics, our panel of political pundits, our roundtable regulars, if you will. On the left, Flint's premier political pundit, Paul Rosicki. Paul, welcome. Good morning. (laughs) And uh, on the right, longtime Genesee County Republican, Henry Hatter. Henry, welcome to you as well. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, Henry. Good morning, Paul. And we were scheduled to, to be joined by uh, East Village uh, Magazine Consulting Editor Jan Worth Nelson as kind of a follow-up to last week in a, a post-election uh, edition of Armchair Politics, if you will, but she had to cancel. So it's just us, and uh, I would call this a post-election edition. But although the campaigns have ended and the voting yeah. is done, the election continues. I know. I'm,
4: I'm exhausted. <laughs> I mean, has it, anybody uh, gotten
5: any sleep?
4: <laughs> I, I called a couple a little after two o'clock, and I got up early this morning. And, and not much has changed since two o'clock. When you get down when down at the bottom. Well, I
1: I th- I think the election is virtually over. Really, I do.
4: Well, the voting yes. is over. The
1: counting is still going on. I mean, who knows where it's going. Yeah, I know. From. But, yeah. but as I, the commentary that I've heard is that most of the, uh, the election to be unveiled yet is from the early voters. And yeah. they mostly favor Democrats, which yeah, I believe. You went out and good. got the people. Yeah, this is what you, the press is telling us.
4: Yeah, that's what I've heard in terms of Pennsylvania, Michigan, and, and Georgia especially. In fact, I was looking here. Uh, I just got the, the Genesee County uh, clerk's website up here, and I had noticed as of this morning at uh, 7.30, they had only counted 59% of the votes here in Genesee County.
5: Um, now, that's that's funny, Paul, because I have a printout from, uh, from earlier this morning. That showed seventy-one percent, seventy-one and a half percent at three forty-nine a.m.
4: Now, let's see, this is yeah, this is the. I just went to the clerk's website, and it says the run time is seven thirty a.m. eleven four, and of the registered voters, fifty-nine point eight six percent, and the precincts reporting was seventy-eight percent. But you get some really odd numbers here. I mean, for Oh, example, that
5: is, you're right. That is precincts reporting. Forgive me. That's 71% yeah, of only
4: the. Only 60% of the voters were accounted for. Uh, and when the, the funny thing, the first thing that struck me as I was looking at these numbers here is that, again, this is Genesee County, that there were almost as many. Uh straight ticket Republican voters, as there were democratic voters, which is seems highly unlikely for Genesee county but if that 's counting the walk in voters on Tuesday, maybe that explains that i don 't know uh, well i i i
1: I think that 's explained by the fact that Republicans saw that Democrats had a far greater advantage in bringing people out who would never come out to vote. They did a good job in doing that it's uh a style that now Republicans have to look at and consider and adopt because 100, over 100 million people voting is unprecedented and it's new and people are oh, celebrating wow. and yeah. celebrating over that fact even though they did not say who the vote favored either party but it was somewhat of a win I think that many Republicans hold the same view
5: well, we probably won't okay. stick too close to the usual uh, the usual outline, but I do have one, and I'll I'll go ahead and start through it, and we'll we'll go where it goes. Um, as as usual, we uh, we start out with some quotes, and uh, the the first one, of course, is always the Finnish the quote, where I ask how you would finish this quote, and it is, when buying and selling are controlled by legislation, the first things to be bought and sold are what?
4: Uh, votes. <laughs>
5: um, These are legislators.
4: Yeah. I'll go say either votes or legislators.
5: <laughs> well, you got it, Paul. It's uh, the original quote was when buying and selling are controlled by legislation. The first things to be bought and sold are legislators. That yeah. quote <laughs> comes yeah. from P.J. O'Rourke.
4: Oh, that figures. That figures. Yeah. Who, who
5: is uh, he?
1: I've heard the name, but I, I don't recall. Oh, he's
4: he's he's written. He was he's become kind of a Republican libertarian in recent years, but earlier he was a bit of a Democrat. I think in years decades ago. But he's written a number of very funny books. Um, I'm trying to think of the title of one of them right now. Yeah,
5: I I recall. Uh,
4: Yeah, yeah.
5: Well, here's one of the quotes of the week. Uh, The bottom line is that voter intimidation is illegal and it will be charged and prosecuted in our state to the fullest extent of the law. Harris.
4: Mm, I'm going to say Attorney General Nessel.
5: No, it was actually uh, Michigan Secretary of State Jocelyn Benson. She said Monday afternoon at the the Detroit office of the Secretary of State. Um, Were you surprised that Michigan's Supreme Court passed on supporting uh, Secretary Benson's attempted ban of concealed firearms at polling places on Election Day? I wasn't.
4: Yeah, I can't say I was surprised by that. In fact, what, uh, I, on, on election day, I drove around to, to, to several of the polls. I just was kind of curious to see whether or not there would be guys standing around with guns or something. And frankly, I, uh, I I was surprised to see, first of all, when I was there, it was like mid-afternoon yesterday, there were, there were no lines. There was a con- steady flow of people going into the polls, both downtown and at Mott. And there was nobody standing around with guns or anything of that nature. In fact, not even very many poll workers compared to many years.
1: And, and you know, uh, the Supreme Supreme Court has to be very cautious. It can't just overreact or thrust in the dark. It has to think through these things because they have consequences. And uh, it was just not enough time for the seven of them to sit down and talk about this issue.
4: Yeah, I mean, I, I I agree with the idea. I mean, I think if you can ban like, political T-shirts and hats at at, at uh, voting places, you, could, you probably could ban guns. But legally, yeah, I, I I wasn't surprised by the outcome. And and I, frankly, I, I, unless somebody else heard something, I didn't hear of any incidents around the state where militia types showed up and tried to do anything. Did anybody else hear hear any stories?
1: Well, well the
5: of has been including- including- the, the closest I came to that Paul was uh, that report of the uh, phone calls in Flint that were oh, yeah. telling people that the the polls were crowded and that they should wait and vote the next day which of course <laughs> right. you can't do and exactly. um, <clears throat> and and I, I I had written that up uh, I was going to get to that in a few minutes but we'll go ahead and get into it now. Um, because the question was, were you expecting more disruption at the polls? And I guess that ties to the question I just asked about the ban on weapons, if that was an overreaction by the Secretary of State um, over the threat of possible violence at the polls.
4: Well, I'm not sure. Well, what, it, I mean, there, there, were the, there were threats. I mean, I, I was struck by the fact that, you know, of course, people were boarding up stores in Washington, D.C., and a lot of things were said about, uh, uh, what, stand aside and stand down or, or something of that nature. And so there were, there were threats made. So I'm not sure she overreacted, but clearly from what I heard, it sounded like most of the voting around the country <clears throat> was very peaceful. Uh, I didn't hear, so far at least, of any major incidents of uh, physical violence or, you know, a few a few stunts like that phone call around here in Michigan uh, took place apparently.
1: And you know, I, like the phone calls in, in Flint, I, where do they get the source of information? And who are the, who are the victims and who are the perpetrators? I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know well, that it's, uh, it is, uh, I, I, heard it was, I heard it
4: was aimed mainly at minority, minority commu- the minority community here in Flint. Yeah, you would
1: hear that in the minority community. Maurice Maurice we
5: Walker of Flint said he received a call from a strange number Monday that told him to go out and vote on Wednesday, uh-huh. a day after the election day. I could tell it was a prank call he told Bridge Michigan on Tuesday after casting his ballot. I knew not to listen to it. Walker is not the only Flint resident to receive such a call. On Tuesday morning Michigan Attorney General Dana Nessel warned Twitter followers that robocallers are reportedly disseminating false information to Flint residents to keep them from the polls. It's unclear how many people received the calls, um, who sent them, uh, and let's but, see. Uh, you know what I don't get is this is
1: not a trend it's one incident it doesn't represent the total picture and no we that's true to blow it up yeah now, and, and, and the, you know, we disturb the
5: and, that's, um, and that was the nature the of, my,
1: of the process
5: that was the nature of my question Henry was you know were you expecting more disruption at the polls, because this was a pretty minor thing. I mean, it was, you know, it, yeah, it I mean, I, was mean, Yeah, I mean, frankly,
4: I've heard of that stunt being done in earlier years, too. I mean, that's not exactly the first time somebody's tried something like that. But, uh, so I've, I've heard of it being done in other states in past years. So. But, yeah, I, I agree. I, I thought there would be more disruption, and at least as far as I've heard. I, I've heard of very minimal things, and it like most of the voting went fairly smoothly.
5: Well, hey, guys. We well, I a- listen
1: to WJR and uh, the press around the country, and they say the same thing that we're saying right now. There was minimal.
5: Yeah, that's what it sounds infections. like to me. we got to take minimal. a short break, and we'll be back with more right after this.
1: Everybody's doing a brand-new dance now.
0: Hi, this is Mark Farner, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program.
6: Most of the music you hear on the Tom Sumner program is provided by local artists. Tom Sumner program celebrating the rich talent pool from Flint, Genesee County, and throughout Michigan.
7: Remember those fabulous 60s? The Marches, the Beans the draft card burnings, and best of all, the music. Well, now Apple House has collected the finest of those songs on one album called Golden Protest, performed by the original artists who made them famous. you will thrill to Society's Child by James Pleasant Ballet Sunday by The Monkees. What Have They Done to the Rain by The Searchers. In the Ghetto by Elvis Presley. Silent Night, 7 o'clock news by Simon and Garfunkel. And who can ever forget this all-time classic... Yes, it's Barry McGuire's Immortal Eve of Destruction. And, of course, my own Masters of War, all for the incredibly low price of $3.95. And if you order now, you'll also receive a treasury of acid rock featuring vanilla fudge, blue chair, frigid pink, Moby Grape, the electric prunes, Jeff's Airplane, Lotharing hand people to name but a few. Plus, as part of this special limited offer, you also get the best of the supergroups with Traffic, Cream, Blind Faith, Ginger Baker's Air Force, and many, many others. Yes, this is a collector's dream, cold in protest, plus two fabulous 60s albums, all for only $3.95. If you were to purchase these selections separately, they'd cost you hundreds of dollars, and many cannot be found anywhere at any price. Well... It's time for my boot heels to be wandering. But here's something that will tell you how you can get this amazing record package. Here's how to order this amazing record package. Just send three ninety five and check your money. Order plus your
2: name and address to Apple House, Box 70, South Bend, Indiana. Once again, that's three ninety five and check your money to Apple House, Box 70. The Time The program.com.
6: This is Jill Stein, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program.
5: Hey, welcome back. You're listening to Armchair Politics on the Tom Sumner Program with our roundtable regulars, uh, Paul Rosicki and Henry Hatter. Welcome.
4: Always good to be here.
5: Thank you. you. And uh, let's see, where did we leave? Oh, I have one more quote to squeeze in, and then we can open things up a little bit. Have faith in the American people. I do strongly believe that whoever you vote for will defend the integrity of our democracy and a peaceful transfer of power. And there are certain lines that whoever you vote for that we just won't cross. I read that. I just read that. I
1: It was by a Michigan congressman, wasn't
5: it? No, but it was in Michigan, Henry. You're close. Democratic vice presidential nominee Kamala Harris had a simple message yesterday. Have faith. The California senator expressed her own confidence in the electoral process during the afternoon before heading to two events in Metro Detroit. For much of the day Tuesday, Michigan election officials said they had no reports of violence at polling places, and voting appeared to be going smoothly overall, as we were talking about. Do you have faith in the American people? I have more
1: faith in it this morning than I had in last week. <laughs> uh, but um, and, and, uh, There's something else that I've observed. I believe, just by listening to the tenor of what people are thinking in the press, that they were less Aggressive against the president uh they were they didn't steal all of that ugly stuff that they appeared in the past, and things were quiet, so I have to say that we had some winners and we had some losers, and the press is a winner
4: yeah, no, I just say i think I think in the end that's where you have to put your trust uh and, and i you know i'm also thinking that this may be perhaps for all of the controversy and tumult in our in this this election this may be the most honest election we've ever had you know we've just double checked everything and see for all the complaining about it it may be the most efficient most honest election we've had in a very long time
1: yeah i think the press will help to reestablish that trust that we put in government you got to see that first they got to be that's, balanced that's,
4: that's what, that's one concern I have, and I—I I, I mean, we'll see how things play out in the next day or two, or that week, or whatever it is. But I—I I, I do hope the trust stays there because I can see if things turn sour and there are lawsuits that go on for weeks and so forth, that could erode trust in the whole electoral—the whole electoral system. But uh, I, I hope that's the outcome.
5: How how long do you think it'll take before we see? Results? Do you think it's possible that uh, that one or the other of the candidates can make it to 270 electoral votes uh, today?
4: Well, they say th- what I think by either tonight or early tomorrow, Michigan ought to be in, and um, Wisconsin ought to be done for sure. Pennsylvania is believe West.
1: Pennsylvania
4: that that could yeah. be on for a little while. Yeah. But even but even that isn't good. by by the weekend we ought to have that for sure I would think. Have they
5: called Arizona? I, I, they haven't called Arizona yet, have they?
4: you uh, yeah uh, these, these uh, public radio. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Public yes. radio called it, and the Associated Press called it for Trump for uh for Biden. Uh, this morning, I heard that.
5: Um, yeah, I heard that. So is that included in Biden's two
4: hundred and twenty-four? I believe it is. I think I saw a number this morning, I think it was on CBS, it had 230-something for Biden. So I'm, I'm not sure about that. I don't know. Um,
5: well, it would be 235 if he picked up Arizona.
4: Look, may, that, that may have been the number I saw. I mean, there, was, there, were, there were tossing numbers around, but I think there was it was in the 230s for Biden this morning. On, again, I believe it was CBS I was watching for a little while. Um,
1: The last total I heard was
4: 224. Okay, well, that's it may may depend upon the Arizona issue, but at least uh, on public radio this morning when I got up, they were calling Arizona for Biden uh, and Nevada, too.
5: Yeah, I've got CNN on in the studio, and and they're still showing Arizona as undecided. Oh, okay. With 11 electoral votes. And mm-hmm. and Biden at two twenty four. So, if you heard a two hundred and thirty some number, and you know another media outlet has called Arizona, that would explain the the difference in the mm-hmm. numbers.
4: Yeah, the the Arizona call was from public radio, and they were quoting the Associated Press, I believe, uh, this morning. And, and
5: and Tom, to the question
1: that you asked, how long will it take? I hope it takes just a few more. Days at least by the end of the week, as as Paula said, because we can't linger with this. Well, if I we know do, a lot of people are
5: sitting on pins and needles that are hoping it'd be just a few more hours. <laughs>
4: yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> that was that was my reaction last night. I I'm the one conference. of them. I, I want to go to bed to sign this thing, and I think after two o'clock, I call it quits. <laughs>
5: Well, there's there've been a couple of interesting things I've noticed that that since I went on the air a little over an hour, well, almost an hour and a half ago, um, the position has flipped in Michigan. Biden uh, um, is now in the lead in Michigan, very, very close, very, very yes. slight lead, but. Um, but Trump was ahead when I started the show this morning, yeah. and I yeah, see yeah. that now Biden is is on top. And I was curious that as the numbers change for Biden, do they change in a couple of other races that I've been watching, like John James and Gary Peters, and, yeah. and um, also uh, one closer to home, this one with... Uh, in the 48th District State House with David Martin and uh, incumbent right. uh, Cheryl Kennedy. Kennedy.
4: Yeah, that, that's good. At least the last time I saw Martin was ahead. That was last night. I don't think I saw the yeah. numbers this morning. Uh,
5: well, and like I say, numbers have changed in the last well hour and a half. Yeah, those numbers, but, but Tom, they're predicted to change. Now, remember, most of, according to
1: the national perception, is that most of these uh, votes are going to favor the Democrats uh, yeah, through no. the early voting? So You're obviously, here. if if they they all have to change, you got some movement upwards and some movement downward. Yeah, Be- coming got out the, of this group of undecided voters.
4: I've got the county clerk's website in front of me here. And again, this is seven thirty or so this morning. And at the, and this is, again, 60% or so, 59% counted. It's got David Martin, 48.5%, Sheryl Kennedy, 47.5% uh, of the votes. One, uh,
1: one point off.
5: So yeah, that's, you know, that's now, very yeah, that's close with that many, close, many and more again, votes there's, there's to
4: there's 40% of the votes still out as of 7.30 this morning.
1: Now, remember, this is one of those
4: uh, areas
1: that had the early voting. So obviously who do you think the new voters are going to pay Yeah,
4: i was I, yeah. We, we had well last night we had we we were doing a thing with with twenty five with John cherry kind of a panel discussion, and he was saying that there was a lot of late of, of election day voting in Clio very heavily republican he said three to one republican yeah Clio' right on election day itself yeah yeah so Clio was but, very
1: heavily republican to begin with
4: so I'm, I'm assuming the 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 Election Day stuff has been counted, but the absentee stuff may not have been counted that much. Although it's showing some but, but, substantial numbers for, for K- the Kennedy-Martin race.
1: But uh, Clio is not typically Republican. He was Republican for Trump.
4: Yeah. Well, that whole, that whole yeah. district, I mean, that, that 48th district went substantially for Trump in 16. Yes. And I suspect it did this time, too. I don't know. I just haven't seen numbers locally yet. But uh, that was one concern I know Cheryl Kennedy had. Is, is that while well, as a well, Democrat, she won that area's generally gone Democratic for the state house, but it yes. did go for Trump in a substantial way. Yes. That whole northern, and not centers. only,
1: but also the, the region in the north of Flint went for Trump.
4: Well, you know, actually, other, if you, you look at the Genesee County map, it's, it's what I call it's like a donut hole. I mean, the central part of the, of the county, city of Flint, uh. The Flint Township and some surrounding townships in Grand Blanc, they went for Hillary, but the out county all went for Trump in sixteen and As I drove around the county in this you know last few weeks, particularly out toward the Davison area, I was struck by how many Trump signs I saw many more in yes. this year than I saw four years ago
1: yes they they are uh, very numerous around in this area yeah
5: yeah I thought so too. And I was a little surprised <clears throat> given the polling that we've been watching the last several weeks that um, that the president was doing as good as he did and yeah. is doing in Michigan. Um, you know he's he he was in the lead uh, until just recently, and i who knows how it'll completely end up because they're saying there are still some. Trump areas that haven't been counted, um, despite the fact, and I think Henry's right, that a lot of the votes that are being counted now are the ones from the early voting, and they tend to be more Democratic. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's still a toss-up, and I wonder if that isn't because of how well Donald Trump does in smaller towns and rural areas.
4: Yeah, well, we're seeing much more of an urban-rural divide on, on the Trump issue. It's really dramatic. The other thing I think worth watching now is it I mean, all the pollsters said this year, oh, we fixed what we, you know, we, we made mistakes in 16 we've, we, we've made corrections. And all of a sudden now, I mean, all the pollsters had this, all, I think one of them had uh, like a 90% chance of Biden winning. He still may do it, but uh, they predicted a substantial margins in so many of these states that are now toss-ups. So, clearly, the polling was again off. Maybe not as much as it was in 16, but still off. And I'm I just wondering what, what they're missing.
1: Well, they don't, they don't know how people of color voted. That is one thing that we don't know. Did they, could they move the needle?
5: There has Trump been a there? suggestion that a lot of African-American men yeah. voted for Trump. Yeah. Um, yes. more than you would expect. Yes.
4: Yeah. Well, you know, uh, I a comment I made there is that in some ways that just parallels what's happened to the general public. I mean, for the last 40 years, there's been the, the gender divide where men have been more Republican, women more Democratic since about the early 80s. And now that appears to be applying to the African-American population where African-American women... Morton, very, very democratic, I mean, 90-some percent usually, and African-American men, a bit less so, although still heavily democratic, but significantly less than, than African-American women. But so, I heard one it.
5: pundit suggest that there was a macho appeal.
4: Yes, it could be. I
5: but, you know, I, I
1: think it was the people who were down and out, the African-Americans who had been arrested, who had been abused and stuff like that, they went more for Trump. It's not the people who have stature in the community, and who are better educated and more professional in what they do, because they have something to lose. These black men had nothing to lose.
4: So they uh, and so, you know you, you Yeah, they make make the had nothing what to lose. What do you have to lose? Yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah, what and, do you but have if to lose you, you find the story?
1: people, if you look at the people who are well established, they don't shake the, they don't bite the hand that feeds it.
4: Yeah, no, you. Yeah, you're that's
1: right. in the uh, community. Were
4: you, by the way, were you surprised by Maurice Davis's support of Trump?
1: I, I was there at the rally, and I sat next to uh, Maurice Davis. We were in us in a up front position there. Uh huh. And you know, my my daughter and I were, uh, named from the platform, oh. for our contributions. Yeah, yeah. and we thanked uh, Maurice Davis and his efforts and his encouragement and stuff like that so you know as a result of all of this i think the united states is going to be a better country as a result of all this happened with the african american and people of color i think this has to happen
5: well you you know i mentioned uh, kamala harris was uh, in michigan yesterday and uh, the night before the election, President Donald Trump ended his re-election campaign with an early morning speech in Grand Rapids. Um, actually, that was, yeah, in the, in the early morning hours Tuesday. Um, was that a good luck charm or, or uh, were the, the two campaigns really battling it out? Is, was Michigan really that much of a battleground state?
1: Well, it was to them
5: to Trump.
4: Well, it's, it's just really improving And, and to do also to right Biden, then. yeah. Yeah, right. Would, Michigan I mean, ranks high, high
1: on the totem pole.
4: Most of the polls gave gave Biden, you know, a significant lead, and not not quite slam yes. done, but significant. And but it again, as in sixteen, it's tightened up. However, it ends up, it's tightened up an awful lot. Um,
1: but I think a lot of that is due to the governor's uh, leanings, what the governor's done how tough she's been, But you, polarizing but, and uh, doing things that tripped the president up, like the COVID, and like uh, business shutting down in Michigan and stuff like that.
5: But do you think the trips from both of those campaigns, uh, both the Trump campaign and the Biden campaign, into Pennsylvania, Michigan, Wisconsin, is uh, a significant uh, reason why... Things are so tight in those states.
4: Yeah, I, I'm inclined to think so. Yeah, yeah, I think. I mean,
5: do those trips really well, have a result? You know, the, the, the funny thing
4: was, I mean, a lot of people blamed Hillary in '16 for not even not coming to Michigan much, blamed her for the loss. But here we had, I mean, how many visits did we have from the Biden uh, Harris team? And and the Trump team in Michigan. I mean, we I I I've lost count, but it seemed like every 15 minutes there was some somebody on one, yeah. one side or the other showing up at some rally. Well, once a week
1: days. over the past month, there's been one or the other from the yeah. Biden campaign. Yeah, yeah. So, long,
4: long and uh, also events. from
1: the president, his son, his daughter, his um, vice president have been here multiple times within the last month. Right in Michigan
4: and the Biden Harris team too they were popping up all over the place in the last several weeks as well yeah. so so but but in the end it's kind of like you had two opposing tsunamis where both sides turned out big numbers and we ended up with this the the near deadlock that appears to be at the moment we'll see how it ends up well, I don't know
5: well i just I, I just wonder if those things have an impact in uh, in energizing Voters at the last minute, and actually, uh, you know, getting people to turn out, and how effective they are when so many votes had already been cast.
4: Yeah. uh,
1: Well, I I think it was still good, though, because there were still the undecided voters, and you can't you can't ignore them because for the real undecided voters, there are people who say that I'm I'm an independent. Who are really not—they're Democrats—and right they just go out and vote. Right. What they do, yeah.
4: yeah. But I think those, event, those events also mobilize the folks who were going to do work for you. I mean, you're probably yeah. not going to have an undecided voter going to those rallies. Uh, uh... I was struck by the, frankly, the energy in both of my I uh, on Saturday with the Obama Biden one. I I tried to go there, but I got there a little bit late, and they had already filled up the parking lot for that one. But there were folks. All the way along Carpenter Road, you know, cheering the the motorcade as that came in and so forth. So there was a lot of energy there that you hadn't seen before. Um, and but 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 I say when, when push comes to shove, it's a matter of getting your voters out. And with the early voting, by the time we got to this past weekend, we'd had almost more than half of the voters would cast their ballots.
5: Hey guys, we got a well, phone call uh, coming in. Uh, hey caller, you're on the air.
4: The illustrious crew. This is Max,
0: Uh-oh. the uh, semi-retired court officer. Still trying to find myself. But I don't know where the hell I've been.
4: <laughs> uh, hey, Max. It's a mess.
0: How is everybody? Uh, we're all getting older, but we're but getting wiser. And we've got Tom Sumners as the leader
2: of the pack because he tells us all what to do. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what do you think's going to win this thing, this illustrious panel? Because you're all full of wisdom, and I'm full of BS. Uh, what do you think?
4: Uh, well, I, mean, I think
1: uh, it favors um, the Democrat.
4: I think okay. I, I would I wouldn't bet much money on that, but that's, I, I sort of think the numbers are possibly there. But the, the big thing is Pennsylvania, and like I say, my my worry is that I hope mm-hmm. it doesn't get tangled up in court for weeks on end. Well, yeah, is I there think.
5: is there a path to to two seventy? Um, for either one of them that bypasses Pennsylvania?
4: Um, you you have no, I, know. I, Someone, I think so. I think it's possible for Biden if he gets Michigan, uh, Wisconsin, and North Carolina. I think that would do you it. Know, it. I think he's already got
1: North Carolina. He's it got really North could. Carolina. <laughs> he's
4: or maybe, maybe the, other, the other one's Georgia. The other one's Georgia. Yeah, it's, it, I think it's, it's Really, really funny the other shoulder. night. Yeah.
0: Really funny the other night. He says, um, "Well, there's not going to be a transition power because I'm not leaving."
2: Well, wait a minute. Yeah.
0: You're entitled to one recount, and if you lose the recount, you got to go, what of the federal marshals got to go in and and show him the door. What is this? <laughs> <laughs> God. But hey, anyway, Tom. Seriously, you're a great show, and uh, my brother Jack is listening in Boulder right now as we speak. Well, great! And, uh, Hi, Jack, says, and thanks,
5: uh, thanks, Hi, Jack. Yeah, he says, he
0: says you guys are full of wisdom, and he says I'm full of crap.
5: <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what that's what brothers say, Max.
4: That's what brothers are for.
5: And
0: anyway, hang in there, guys. You're terrific. You make uh, radio what it should be. All okay, right. peace. Well, take thank care, you. Max.
5: Bye, bye, Max. Good old Max. Yeah. Anyway, um, yeah, that's, that's going to be the question. I, you know, I keep watching the, uh, you know, these close states, and as the votes continue, you know, it, it, it looks like Michigan and Wisconsin are going to go to Biden. So what's left to get him to 270, well. and is there a path for the president? that bypasses Pennsylvania, because Pennsylvania is going to end up in court. We know that.
4: Yeah, I, I, I think I think the president's got to have Pennsylvania, I believe. Uh, if, if I recall something yeah, there's, this morning. Uh, I think there are 20 electoral Georgia, votes. Yeah, Pennsylvania and Georgia, he's got to have, I think, Yeah. Uh, to have any shot at right. it. Right.
1: There are 20 there, electoral yeah. votes in Pennsylvania, right. Or twenty-two. How many? And I,
4: I guess there's still a little bit of undecided stuff up in Maine. That one Maine oh. district. I guess, I think I saw yeah. some reference to that as well. It's only one yeah. vote. Yeah.
5: Yeah. Isn't that one of those uh, one of those things where they uh, they, they, they the vote. The, yeah they apportion the electoral votes oh, yeah. by yeah, Maine congressional district.
4: That. Yeah. Uh, like I, I I I saw one post the other day from a, another like prophet Mott who speculated that you could have a, uh, a a near tie and that there's that one little district in Nebraska that usually goes democratic around Omaha so that that could be the deciding vote i mean he he was playing with some of the numbers last night he <laughs> came up with a scenario where that one little district by one vote could give it the give uh, potentially biden 270
5: <laughs> oh that's funny hey we got to take another break guys uh but we're going to continue our uh Analysis of uh, all the uh, ongoing election uh, confusion and uncertainty when uh, armchair politics continues. If you're listening to us on WFOV 92.1 FM, Our Voices Radio in Flint, they are a broadcast service of the Flint. Odyssey House, Spectacle Productions, and my good friend Paul Herring. We're going to let them squeeze a few words in edgewise or do whatever they do when we go to break. If you're streaming us at TomSumnerProgram.com, we have some messages as well. So don't touch that dial. Don't click that mouse. There's more armchair politics right after this.
6: alcohol may cause pregnancy and it also may be a major factor in getting your ass kicked so what are you waiting for stop hiding and start living with tequila. tequila
0: those hands no matter whose they are can spread the germs of many common diseases that's why i want you to realize how important it is to keep hands clean to wash them regularly and always before meals with Boy which not only removes dirt, but helps to remove germs. Teach the children this habit. Form it yourself Go. A message from the CDC and the Ad Council. In the interest of goodwill, the Hoffman Beverage Company feels compelled to make this announcement. It's simply this. All Hoffman flavors have that happy taste, except sarsaparilla. We might as well come right out with it. We haven't quite hit that happy, carefree note in sarsaparilla. Now, please don't misunderstand us. Our Hoffman sarsaparilla is absolutely dependable. It's trustworthy. It's loyal. It's loyal. And many fine, upstanding citizens love it. But it just isn't what we call happy. You take our Hoffman orange. It's absolutely rollicking. Our lemon is almost giggly. Our black cherry and black raspberry are so bubbling with happiness, they dance in the glass. They all have natural flavor and famous Hoffman steady sparkle. We're sorry about Hoffman sarsaparilla. Why isn't it happy? Well, let me ask you.
5: Could you be Happy
0: this name, is. US this Senator
5: name? Gary Peters and you're listening to the Tom Sumner program and hey, welcome back everybody armchair politics continues now on the Tom Sumner program with our roundtable regulars Paul Rosicki and Henry Hatter welcome back guys always good to be here hi you great show. Great show. Um, President Donald Trump prematurely declared victory in the 2020 election early this morning, (laughs) threatening court action and calling for all voting to stop as states across the country continue to count ballots. The president delivered a short statement from the White House two hours after Democratic candidate Joe Biden called for patience until full results are in. Trump claimed, we did win this election long before all the votes have been counted in states like Michigan and suggested the results should be decided by the Supreme Court. Was this appropriate?
4: Mm, Well, no.
1: No, I I have to say I I have a problem with that. Uh, but, uh, you know, the president has always thought that uh, there was a plot against him in this election, and that has lingered with him for a long time. And he couldn't get over that, that anger that he had for that. And he carried that with him, uh, and rightfully so, because as many people around the country and the press has said, that the president has been abused by this process, and there are other people saying the same thing that I'm saying, and so this caused these kind of reactions. We have to just uh, let it well, go for what you know, it
5: is. But that begs that begs the question: um, a lot of people think that Donald Trump has abused the process. Is the process abusing back?
4: Well, I think um, some of those comments under undermine the trust in the system. I mean, would, whatever happens, I think they're going to undermine the trust in the system.
2: But, if it, but, but, but guys, Particularly if it ends up in the
4: Supreme Court with the, the new justice making yeah. the, final, the final decision. That's going to really smell badly, if, if, if that's the way it plays out.
1: You see, there are two ways that the courts can be involved. One, at this level in Michigan, and two, at the <clears throat> level in Washington uh no the house it goes to the house and uh so it goes to another institution so if we could kind of nip it in the bud in michigan <laughs> that makes <Yeah>. good strategy
4: <laughs> yeah no, no, there there's some really bizarre scenarios that for example if nobody got <laughs> 270 votes then it goes to the house and what happens there is each each state gets it's one, over each, each delegate gets gets one each delegation gets one vote so, you know, California gets one vote. So Wyoming gets one vote.
1: No, the House decides it. The House will vote under Nancy Pelosi's direction. It's yeah, that's that's, over.
4: That's, that's yeah. what he's, that's, but no, that's but it's, what it's he's saying. It's not majority vote. It, it's by the state delegation. And the problem is it's just, there are more Republican delegations, not, although not more Republican members, more Republican state delegations. That So it, it's basically a, a delegation where each state gets one vote. If there's no, If nobody gets 270, if there's a... 269 high, or if there there were a third party out there. But it it could really get bizarre if it went that far. Now, that may not happen, but who knows? Who knows? But
1: you see the difference between a movement while it's in the state and a movement when it goes to Washington in the House. And with the House, uh, the president would like to have it settled in the state. easier, yeah. Just like it was in Georgia back in 2016. No, uh, no, it was
4: Florida. Florida.
1: Yeah, well, Florida. yeah. Supreme Court ended up deciding that one in a sense. Yeah, yeah. That
5: was easier done. Well, Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania officials have uh, just given an update. I didn't, I didn't hear it, but uh, they gave the update with um, one plus million votes still to be counted. Mm. I heard that. Yeah, that's been the the scale
1: all morning. They should have moved down to nine hundred thousand nine hundred
2: ninety nine by now. No, it's <laughs> it's, it's, it's still vote. it's yeah. still at uh, the,
5: the the current that's right. that's uh, the right. current yeah. crawl is saying one point four million votes still to be counted, mm. and they're saying that Pennsylvania is still in play. Um, although the current numbers have uh, have the president up considerably. Yeah, What's absolutely. the problem? I don't understand why they have such a problem, and, and the other
1: states are moving through the Pens- process. Pennsylvania did
5: something, and that's why I say I, I think Pennsylvania is going to end up in court, um, and sooner probably rather than later. They, at uh, kind of at the last minute, they... Um, Passed a law and it made it through a couple of court challenges that they would extend their counting. Oh yes. That they would accept yeah. ballots for up to three oh, yeah. days after the yeah. election, yeah. and yeah. and I think a judge limited that to if they were postmarked by the day before yeah. the election or something yeah, of yeah, that. Postmark
4: yeah, a key I term. heard that.
5: <clears throat> and so. Well, so
4: they could still have a few coming in, I mean if they were postmarked yesterday and they could and do they've
5: set in. a they bunch that and they've set a bunch aside to count over the three days and oh. you know that's yeah. and that's where that one point four million comes from is mm-hmm. that they're collecting these ballots that come in today and um and probably over the last day or two, and the ones that may come in. Tomorrow and and uh, Friday, and yeah. that uh, then they'll they'll count the rest of them.
4: You know, I I hope one thing that we learn out of this whole whole mail-in experience this year is that on one hand, I, I there's an awful lot that I like about the mail-in voting stuff, but I hope we we get to the point where we can make the rules clear so that we're not changing them every every other day. As we get close to the election, because I can imagine for these election workers trying to decide what the rules of the game are, it's got to be very confusing when you know, in, in some states they've, there's, a, there's a new court ruling or a new decision of one kind or another to extend the deadline or cut the deadline back and so forth and so on. But I think if, if we systematize that and made it fairly clear and fairly effective, I think that could be a, a good way to go in the future. I, mean, that may be I agree, Paul. All the stuff, you know. I, 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 I we've talked I,
5: about we've talked about this in the past, and I don't know yeah. what's wrong with doing basically what we do with income tax. If they don't receive it, you know, if it's not yeah. postmarked by what 5 p.m. on uh, April That's 15th, up, yeah. um, you know, it's 12 it, p.m. 12 p.m. Is that it? Midnight on uh, yes April well, 15th? midnight. And, yeah. you know, that's, that's always been understood, that that's the absolute cutoff. Yeah,
4: and, yeah,
5: you know, and, and we don't have to make it postmarked by midnight. We could make it received by, <laughs> you know, election officials by 8 p.m. on election day. I mean, there's, there's, we can set the deadline, but it should be an absolute deadline.
1: Mm -hmm. You know, uh, what's got got us uh, stalled here is the idea of home rule. We we do it our way, and what Congress needs to do is pass a law that standardizes the process and the procedure, and that's the only way it's going to work.
4: You know, I I was thinking about this whole voting thing from the point of view of the, the election workers and the county clerks and so forth. And it seems to me, if if we really went to a to a straight mail system, it could be far more efficient. Because I, I think about it now, if you're a city clerk, clerk or a county clerk, every election day you've got to drag all this equipment out of some warehouse, yeah. set it up in various schools and churches and assembly halls and everything else around the county, and hope it all works, and, and then get your workers out there who are trained, you know, a week or two earlier to, to do it for one or two days a a year. And hope, and hope everything works out. If, if, if we went to an all-mail system, you could have a, a single location within the, the city or the county with all your machines ready to go, and we have to drag them around the county and set them up and so forth. It could be much more effective and, I think, much more accurate in many ways. So uh, maybe, maybe we'll end up learning that out of this whole pandemic-based uh, 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 election this year.
1: Well, and, and uh, to your point, uh, the computer has made everything possible for us to do yeah, that. There are true. no excuses why we can't do this except politics.
5: Yeah, that's true. That's true, Henry. And and it seems like uh, in addition to, um, you know, having strict deadlines, that there should be some uh, some procedural things in place you know when do we start counting when are results announced and and those things could be uh you know mechanized and put together in a way that that becomes very consistent and very reliable
1: but the new generation is not going to live the way we dinosaurs live (laughs) <laughs> you use the computer. Yeah, I think you're right. Because uh, that's what yeah. they do. They do everything by computer. Now, all you got to do is walk into a uh, first grade class, and guess what? The kids know more about the process and procedures than you do because that's what they are introduced to. And that's what they love. Now, this is evidence that can be proven, not just speculation or wishes. And kids uh, will tell you first that, They will never go back to the way that we live.
4: That's true. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, we may learn a lot uh, almost accidentally by this whole experience this past year. And like, as I say, considering how kind of catch as catch can this was, and how last minute it was to make the shift with the pandemic, as I say, all things considered, it still worked pretty well. You know, there's a lot more that could have gone (laughs) wrong so far. Uh, that uh, at least apparently has not, in terms of getting the votes in, counting maybe something else
5: again. Well, the whole country, uh, the whole country so seemed to go pretty smooth, except for a half a dozen states that we're waiting on. Yeah, and uh, yeah. you know, hopefully those will uh, be counted and reported, and and uh, and the process will be completed successfully. Hey, we have to break for uh, top of the hour. Um, show ID and uh, we'll be back with the second half of Armchair Politics with our roundtable regulars Paul Rosicki and Henry Hatter right after this
4: Hi I'm Alexander Zanjic. don't touch that dial you're listening to Tom Sumner